Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Jesus Christ has countless attributes of perfection. He is the greatest teacher to ever walk the earth. As the God-man, he is by and far the smartest person to ever live. However, above all else, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Have you had your sins taken away in Jesus Christ? Let's open our Bible to John chapter 1 and look at this incredible declaration from John the Baptist. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Friday here in Texas, a Friday morning. Hopefully y'all are doing well. Just loving on Jesus and uh, knowing the love of Jesus. There is uh, nothing in this life that matters more, that's worth more. Um, there's nothing in this life that, that offers more. Not only for this life, but the next life. So think about that. We, uh, you know, in Jesus, when you're living for Jesus, Melanie, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus and forgiving for Jesus, Peyton. When we're doing these things, it has immense um, blessing, not only for this life, but also for the next, right? So, you know, let's, let's just give ourselves to Jesus more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, today, teaching may be a little shorter today. We're going to do a uh, we're going to continue in the book, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 1. We're going to do verses 29 to 34. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we will uh, read it, and we will get rolling. Well, Father, we do love you, and we bless you, and we thank you. We thank you for the living Word of God. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures, Father. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures, Father, above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we do ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the Holy Scriptures. We thank you for our Bible. Give us eyes that see, we pray, and ears that hear. Convict us in your word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. John chapter 1, verse 29, verses 29 to 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him, except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So all of this, again, is speaking about John the Baptist. Okay. It's not talking about the Apostle John, who, who was one of Jesus's 12 apostles, 12 disciples. It's talking about John the Baptist, 
um, the one sent by God the Father ahead of Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus. And in previous teachings, we we spoke about um, how Jesus said of John that of those born of women, there has never been one greater than John the Baptist. You know, Jesus goes on in that verse to say, you basically got to go to heaven before you can find someone greater than John the Baptist. And that speaks volumes, right? Jesus said of this man, John the Baptist, that there had never been a human being born. Jesus said of those born of women, that's every human being, never has there been a greater person than John the Baptist. So, so think about that compliment and think about where it came from, Jesus himself. So that's who we're, that's who uh, the context is speaking about here in these verses is John the Baptist. So in verse 29, it says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is a profound and overwhelming declaration. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's interesting. John could have said, look, the teacher. He could have said, look, the prophet, right? Um, he could have said a lot of different things. But what John testifies and declares when he sees him, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When you look at Jesus, when John looked at Jesus, this was his declaration. What comes to your mind or your heart when you look at Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son? Do you think of a great teacher? Do you think of a great philosopher? Do you think of a great man? By far, the primary foundational and most important, most important understanding we need to have about Jesus Christ is this verse. John chapter 1, verse 29. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ is foundationally, above all, our Savior, our sacrificial Lamb, that went to the cross on our behalf and in our place to take away our sin and the sin of the whole world. Look, the Lamb of God. Jesus here is called a lamb. You remember in the Old Testament that, that, that the Lord had a sacrificial system of animals and you would put different animals on the altar and the, the priest would slit the throat of the animal, and when the animal bled out, right, that blood that the animal shed out and the death that came to that animal, that animal was, was covering over the sin of the people. Um, it didn't take away the sin, but it would cover over the sin of the people so that, that God's wrath wouldn't destroy them, right? So the animal was a was a, a temporary covering, and the animal's death was was given in place of the people. So when John says, "Look, the Lamb of God," and the Lamb of God is capitalized, he's saying, "Here comes the fulfillment of all that. 
the capital Lamb of God. God here sends, God the Father sends God the Son, Jesus Christ, as a lamb. And when Jesus gives his life and sheds his blood and dies on that cross, unlike the lamb in the Old Testament, the physical lamb animal who covered over, our, over the sin of the people, Jesus, the lamb of God, takes away our sin. It is a remarkable, overwhelming insight. When you see Jesus, do you see the Lamb of God who takes away your sin? You want to know Jesus today, first and foremost, as the Lamb of God who saved you and took away all your sin. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ today, if you're trusting in him currently and presently as your only Lord and Savior, right? If you have indeed called on Jesus sincerely, knowing your need of him, knowing your desperation, knowing you have no hope without him, Romans 10, 13 declares that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you genuinely called on Jesus and asked him to come into your heart? and to be the Lord of your life, and to save you from your sin, and to bring you to heaven when you die, Abraham? Have you called out to him and asked him to be your Lord and Savior and Master and King, Abe? Are you trusting in Jesus today? Wherever you are today, anywhere in the world, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, do so today. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, God has given his word. Romans 3.23, that every human being has sinned and falls short of God's standard. And we cannot go to heaven in our sin. We need a savior. We need the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you have not received Jesus as your savior, you can do so right now. Knowing your need of him, believing the word of God that you're a desperate, hopeless sinner in need of a savior, you genuinely call out and ask Jesus to come into your heart and just simply pray, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinful person and I know I've done wrong. But Jesus, I believe you came as the Lamb of God and lived a perfect life for me and died a perfect death for me. And I believe you're alive and risen today. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you become a Christian. That's how you have your sins forgiven. Now, it's not the words that save you. It's Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away your sin. But it's by faith, right? Calling out to him in faith and trusting him as your only Savior. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That needs to be our testimony as Christians today, right? That the world, every human being in the world needs Jesus Christ. Every human being in the world is sinful. This declaration of the Lamb of God, right? Needs to be on our lips as Christians more and more and more and more. We, a lot of other things happen when we receive Jesus as our savior, we come into relationship, which is wonderful, incredible. God, the father becomes our heavenly father. 
Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior and Master and King and Friend. The Holy Spirit becomes our guide, our counselor, our comforter. We come into relationship with the triune God. We we come into this intimate relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we get to cultivate that. And that's invaluable. But more than that is that we need our sins forgiven by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, everyone in the world. Verse 30. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. What does John mean here? Verse 30, this is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. You remember in uh, in uh, Luke chapter 1 that uh, when Mary is pregnant with Jesus, she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, right? She goes to see Elizabeth, um, who's married to Zechariah. And, and Elizabeth is already six months pregnant. And Elizabeth proclaims and Mary walks in that, that the baby in her womb, John the Baptist, leaped when Mary walked in because of the, the Son of God, God the Son that was in Mary's womb, Jesus. So John is six months older than Jesus. And look what he says in verse 30. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me. Jesus was born six months after John. But look what John says. Even though I'm older than him, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. John is, is recognizing Jesus as eternal God, God the Son. And obviously, in the state, in Jesus' state as eternal God, he is infinitely past John and surpassed John in every manner and every way. But yet John was before him as far as his birth into this world, right? Does that make sense? This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Jesus Christ was not created, okay? Jesus Christ is eternal. He always existed. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are eternal beings. They never were. They, they, they have always existed. It is the triune God that created time and space and the universe and humanity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 31. This is John again speaking. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. So John is again testifying that he did not know. Now, this is very interesting because John is Jesus's cousin. And uh, historical context, Jose, right, of, of course, tells us that in those times, um, you know, families would have been very close. They would have traveled together. Um, they would have gone up to the uh, the sacrifices yearly, right, up to Jerusalem. And, um, you know, so they, they, they almost certainly spent their childhood being around one another as a family. So John would have known Jesus very well, but we, he would have known him as his cousin. He would have known him as a family member. So when he says in verse 31, I myself did not know him, he's saying, he's not saying he didn't know Jesus because he knew him as a family member. He's saying, I did not know him as the eternal son of God, God the son. I did not know that he was the savior of the world. 
Now, obviously, that had been revealed to John, as we see down in uh, verse 33. If you go down two more verses, you'll see he says, verse 33, I would not have known him. I would not have known him except the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And when Jesus is coming up out of the water, the scriptures say that heaven is opened and that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, came down and rested on Jesus. If you turn to John 3 and you look and read from verses 22 to 36, um, you know, you will see this, right? Um, I'm reading it here, forgive me. Um, actually, it's not there in John 3, 36. Golly, Lord Jesus. Um, it's, uh, I thought it was there in John 3, 30. It was right there. Um, Yes, so we'll have to get into that the next time. So um, where where John baptizes Jesus, I'll have to find that. Please forgive me. Um, then John gave this testimony. Verse 32. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And again, I'm going to have to find exactly where that is in the scriptures. Forgive me. Um, it's... Uh, that's something that's uncommon. Obviously, it's in the other gospel um, when John is baptizing him and he comes down on him. And um, But in the gospel, the, the Spirit of God, when John baptizes Jesus and Jesus comes out of the water, the Spirit of God comes down and remains on him. And this is what you see in verse 33. I would not have known him except the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34, I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. And I ask you to forgive me. Um, we'll have the, the verses there at the bottom of the screen. Um, you'll see them coming up now, you know, in the video, um, you know, where the verses say that, you know, when Jesus came up out of the water, heaven was opened and um, the Spirit of God descended on him and remained on him. So we'll put those verses on the bottom of the screen. And again, I ask you to forgive me. Uh, I believe it's in, in, the, in the early chapters of Matthew. And, um, and so we'll go there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. I myself did not know him. So we talked about how John knew him as a family member, as a cousin, but he did not know him. Um, as the Savior, as the Son of God. 
Now, after John baptizes Jesus and he actually has this witness, right? When he sees the spirit come down and remain on of heaven, now things begin to make sense, right? Now he does this man that he's known as a, as a, as a family member and undoubtedly the most holy man he ever knew. Now it makes sense because his cousin is actually is God, the son of God, God, the son, and he's the savior of the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's look at this in verse 31. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Okay. John's purpose in everything was to reveal Jesus, was to make a path for Jesus. And and, and, and what is your purpose today? What is my purpose? I was studying this this morning with Jesse and Jesse was saying how it's just, um, you know, it's kind of a shame because, you know, um, for most of us as Christians, our purpose is not to magnify Jesus, to glorify Jesus and to reveal Jesus, right? Um, in, our, in our words and in our actions. And Lord Jesus, I, I do ask you to help us and to lead us. And I ask you to forgive us um, where we don't live our lives in a way that you would be revealed to all those around us, wherever you live today. John says he came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. Where are you today, right? Maybe you need, you know, maybe your ministry is to make sure that Jesus is revealed to London or Connecticut or Singapore, or, you know, Germany, right? Or Africa or India, right? Or what is your town today? What, what town do you live in, right? Um, I myself did not know him, but the reason I came, what is your reason for living? What is the reason you do what you do and the reason you do what you do and I do what I do ought to more and more and more and be more and more be that Jesus would be revealed to everyone, right? The call of God on our life is to increasingly may, right, reveal Jesus Christ in whatever we say and whatever we do. And so, Father, I do ask you to help us in that. I just, uh, as Jesse was saying this morning, I just feel like it's something that I clearly, I, I don't feel like it. I certainly know it's something I need to do substantially more. Help us, Father. Verse 32. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Okay, it's, it's, it's bothering me here. Um, uh, so in Luke 3... Um, Yes. So if we turn to Luke three, um, you could see um, the testimony of John the Baptist. Um, it says in verse 21, um, Luke three, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, right? So that's Luke 3, verse 21 and 22. Um, uh, 
in Matthew 3, which is the one I was speaking of, um, Matthew 3, verses 13 um, to 17, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And this is very interesting. This is cool. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And remember, so Jesus hasn't been baptized yet. So we just learned, and this is so very interesting, we just learned in, in these scriptures that John said, I didn't know who he was until I saw the Spirit descend on him. Well, John doesn't see the Spirit descend on Jesus until Jesus comes out of the water after John baptizes him, because look at where it says here. Jesus replied, let it be so now, Matthew 3, 15, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Verse 16, verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Okay. So it's not till after John baptizes Jesus, based on what we're learning in John 1, 29 to 34, it's not till after John baptizes him that he knows that he is the eternal son of God and the savior of the world. It's not till then that he knows he's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So why does John then say in Matthew 3, 14, why does he try to deter Jesus saying, I need to be baptized by you when he doesn't know yet that Jesus is the savior? And I remember when I was a brand new Christian and I was in a a wonderful Bible study. And just this was in the, the infant years of my Christianity and in the first months of my Christianity, these were wonderful men at this church that were across the street in Dallas um, from where I lived. And, um, you know, they had rightly postulated, I believe, that, that when John sees Jesus coming to him here, he recognizes him as his cousin and, and, and almost certainly recognizes that, that Jesus has, has lived a substantially more holy life than he has as his cousin. So he's basically saying, why are you coming to me? Because, you know, you've lived a far greater and more righteous life than me. So John is not deterring Jesus because he knows he's the Savior, because he doesn't know he's the Savior till after he baptizes him. Does that make sense? So that's kind of cool, kind of interesting. So sorry about that. I know we were jumping around there. Um, so yeah, Luke 3 and, and Matthew 3 was the scriptures I was focused on. Please forgive me. Um, so let's go back and finish up in John 1 here. And verse 32, then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And again, we just, we just saw that in Matthew 3. 33, I would not have known him except the one who sent me. God the Father sent John the Baptist to baptize with water, told me. So the Father, John knew that his, his calling from God the Father, um, the Father had told him that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain, it is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. It's a very strong statement, baptize with the Holy Spirit. Um, it says here that John is baptizing with water. What does it mean that he will baptize with the Holy Spirit? Now, this is a very deep um, and an extensive conversation. I have done teachings on the past and what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does John mean here? Well, um, what I'll say today is that when you get saved, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
the consequence of that, you remember when I said the most important aspect of that is your sins are forgiven and that you need to know Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, verse 29. But when you do that, when you call on Jesus and ask him to come into your heart, he actually does come and live inside of you. The spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comes and lives inside you, becomes one with you. You're married to Jesus. You're called the bride of Christ, right? And you're immersed in the Holy Spirit. Spiritually, right? The Holy Spirit, right? Immerses you and makes you part of this spiritual body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit, again, who's the spirit of Jesus, right? Um, um, becomes one with you in spirit, right? And God, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the triune God, becomes your counselor, your guide, and your comforter. Um, and John says that although he is, you know, he's baptizing you in physical water, Jesus is going to do something immeasurably greater than that. The man on whom you see the Spirit come down, God the Father told John, and remain is, is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's an entire separate Christian doctrine. There's a lot of debate on it, on what is the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and uh, in the scriptures, it's a, a subsequent baptism to salvation. It has nothing to do with your salvation, um, but it's, it's a baptism or an empowering of the Holy Spirit where when you get saved, the Holy Spirit immerses you in the body of Christ. And after your salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ immerses you in the Holy Spirit and empowers you to walk out the call of God on your life. Now, again, this is an entirely separate teaching. I wouldn't bring it up except it's said here. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is by no means some instant, uh, some just type of magic that, that, that just makes you a mature Christian. Um, and there's just been a, there's just a lot around this verse that, uh, that's been misspoken and misused and misinterpreted. Um, but again, there, there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, where Jesus immerses you in his Holy Spirit and empowers you to walk out the call of God on your life. How do you get this extra baptism? You just ask Jesus for it, right? These scriptures say plainly, the man you see, the spirit came down and remained, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. This says that Jesus himself, the son of God, God the son, baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. So you simply go to Jesus and ask him, Lord Jesus, I ask you today to baptize me, to immerse me in your Holy Spirit. Immerse me in your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And you just ask him for that. And again, it's a, a, a subsequent blessing to help us walk out the call of God on our lives and to help us to grow in Jesus. I believe the spirit teaches this, uh, the scripture, I'm sorry, teaches this clearly. Again, there's a lot of debate on it. There's a, there, this is one of the more debated topics in Christianity. So, all right, finishing up, verse 34, I have seen and I testify that this is the son of God. All of this is true. All of us as believers, as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, um, we often have doubts. 
we 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 do have doubts, right, May? Um, we uh, you know, sometimes it's just uh, it all just seems too good to be true, but it but it is, and by faith, we believe the word of God, we believe the scriptures, right? The Bible is real. God is real. Our triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is real. And Jesus is the real Lamb of God. John the Baptist was, was blessed to see him with his physical eyes. Verse 34, I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. It's real. If you don't know Jesus today, if you haven't received Jesus, give your life to him today. It's not vague. There are not many gods. There are not many roads to heaven. It is only in and through Jesus, the Son of God. In John 14, 6, Jesus, out of his own mouth, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Give your life to Jesus today. And if you have given your life to Jesus, then testify as John has that you have seen and you do know the Son of God. And as such, you and I want to spend our lives living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. Right, Esther? Well, Father, we do love you and we bless you and we thank you. We thank you for the incredible word of God. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal the word to our hearts. We thank you for your mercy and your favor and your goodness on every aspect of our lives. Go ahead of us today and help us, Lord, to know you better and to live for you more, Lord. Help us to have a testimony saying, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.